You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Today's podcast is sponsored by Benign Images. Benign Images is a storyteller consulting company. Through meaningful dialogue and guidance, they help storytellers of all kinds to tell the stories that they feel they have a need to tell, whether it's through simple editor services, consulting, or helping creatives to set up an effective work habit. Benign Images will work with you to help you become a better storyteller. Start your project with them today by visiting their website, benignimages.com. That is benignimages.com, B-E-N-I-G-N images.com. Go check them out. What's up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls around the world? I would like to welcome you back to the Real Talk with Zuby podcast. Today, we're going live with Ryan Fellman, aka Path to Manliness. He is an author and also a podcaster. So, welcome to the show, Ryan. How you doing? Hey, thanks, Zuby. I'm doing good, man. How are you doing? I am always blessed, man. Always, <laughs> always, always good. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing that really sticks out about you, man. You're like always in a positive mood. You're always in an uplifting mood, and uh, you know sometimes these musicians nowadays that's uh, becoming more uncommon. So it's always welcome. <laughs> Thank you very much, man. So um, I've done a very quick intro there, but why don't you tell the audience a little bit more about you, what you do, and what it is you're trying to do? All right. So uh, my name is Ryan Fellman, um, also known as Path to Manliness. And um, I wrote a book called Reclaim Your Manhood. And it is the young man's guide to straightening out their life. So basically, all I did was uh, I wrote out 20 very simple, easy to follow rules that if I could go back in time and give myself a quick little guide to straightening out my own life, this is the book I would give. Um, So it's not like on the level of say like Jordan Peterson's 12 rules, but it's the same kind of concept and it's, it's gotten a pretty good reception. I've been surprised at how the path to manliness thing has kind of taken off. Um, I created this Twitter account about a year ago and uh, I, I really had like almost no social media presence before that, but I was mm-hmm. just kind of around with this and um, it, it took off. And one thing that I've realized and one thing you are completely aware of is that there's a, uh, definitely a market and a need for people that are just being outspoken in traditional male roles. Mm. Um, People have become afraid to, to be outspoken and they, they they fear getting fired from their jobs. They fear, you know, becoming social outcasts, especially if you're like in the cities. And I I just refuse to bow down to it. Uh, And Mm. I'm speaking my mind. And uh, I think I've, I've caught a groove with that. 
Yeah. So a lot of guests I've had on this podcast from all different worlds and from all different worldviews have mm-hmm. said that exact same thing. I was at a live event in London that I spoke at two weeks ago. Everybody in the audience said the same thing. People are afraid to voice their views, voice their opinions. They're scared of the repercussions. They're scared of mobs coming after them. So how have we got into this stage where 95% of the Western population is afraid to express their own genuine beliefs and opinions? Yeah, that's that's the interesting question, isn't it? So part of it is, and it goes back to like the election where we had the silent majority and we had a lot of people that were just staying silent. And we've gotten ourselves into a position where social media and Silicon Valley have gotten so big and so powerful, they've been given the tools necessary to control the narrative. So you see these strange things like an 11 year old boy dancing in the street and proclaiming that he's gay and whatever, and all these other, you know, unusual, unorthodox stances that people are taking are getting way more volume than they ever would have in the past where they might've said something, you know, in their neighborhood and it had been, Oh, that's that one guy. He's just a little different. Mm-hmm. And that'd have been the end of that. But with, the internet and social media, they're able to leverage it to make it much louder. And there are definitely people that for, I would say mostly financial reasons, but I think it goes even deeper than that, that are interested in trying to push this narrative. Mm. And it's, they're making it seem like it's more common than it is. And if you spend your time online, it seems like a epidemic, but you go out in your neighborhood, unless you're living in San Francisco, I mean, you you can't even find (laughs) people. (laughs) Yeah. So, so where do you think that here's a, here's a question. I mean, uh, it's a question I've asked a few people who have sort of said something similar is oftentimes we say this and we, we use the term they, and it's like, who is, who, who are we even talking about? It's like, okay, you can tell some, somebody is pushing this. People are afraid of someone they're saying, you know, I don't want them to come after me. They (laughs) are pushing this. And it, it, it's one of those things that is really strange because I mean, uh, I've I, I've certainly come across actual individuals who are hardcore pushing this ideology yeah. because they pop up in my in my mentions quite frequently. But um, you said that you think there's some financial incentive. What do you think the financial incentive is? Why don't you break that down? You know, it's it's complicated. I think I think there's a lot of um, a lot of people that are making good amount of money that have these views. So your typical right wing conservative guy that's, you know, maybe he spent some money on some ammo or his car, but for whatever reason, they tend to be less easy to advertise to. Um, Mm. I think part of it's revenue, but that's not entirely all of it. But the people that are more SJW types, more lean to the left, progressive, whatever you want to call them, they're a lot easier to market to. I think part of that may be because a lot of them aren't having kids. Mm. So, They've got significantly less expenses. But don't they hate capitalism? (laughs) They hate capitalism, but capitalism always (laughs) right? (laughs) Yeah, so they is an interesting thing to say. Um, It's something about these these left-leaning people, these progressives. They've they've got this response, and um, you can be a, a soda company. You can be selling hats, whatever it is. If you cater to them they'll speak up for you and they'll promote you. And if you don't cater to them, they'll attack you. So mm. it's, it's almost like these drug cartels in Mexico. Yeah. You're, you're either with us or you're against us. Yeah. Yeah, I know it is. I, I call it like, um, it, it's kind of like cyber terrorism. 
Yeah, it really is. It, it is. It's it's like it's like a form of terrorism. Obviously, not you know, <laughs> in most cases, not not a violent form. But yeah. the fact that you know people are not being you know people always worry about censorship from a government. Yeah. But I'm like, censorship is not going to come from the government. It's going to come from companies or coworkers or yeah. friends or e even family in some cases, right? Forcing people to self censor themselves. You know, you'll you'll be in a room and people will have a certain opinion and. Someone else is like, no, actually, I, I strongly, you know, in the, in their heart of hearts, they know they strongly disagree with whatever is being promoted or pushed or proposed, but they're so afraid of the repercussions that they just don't speak up. I mean, I've spoken right. to people. It's amazing that some of the emails and DMs and even personal communications I've had with people, especially over the past year when um, I've become a lot more vocal about certain things online. And literally without fail every day, I'll get at least a few messages, sometimes from other musicians, sometimes from um, a lot from people who work in entertainment. So actors, musicians, singers, whatever. And then also uh, people who work in like the publishing industry and writing and stuff like that. And then people who work in like, like actors and any anything creative, really. It's amazing. I get so many people who are like, yeah, man, like keep please keep speaking up because like so many of us are kind of quietly backing you. And in some ways I'm kind of like, okay, cool. I'm chuffed. But another, I'm like, yo, don't leave me hanging out here to dry, man. Like, like, don't let me be the only one. <laughs> yeah, it's like, that. like say something, you know what I mean? Like, don't, don't, yeah. don't make me like the fall guy. Like, oh, the bystander effects yeah, a real yeah. thing. Man. They, uh, <laughs> they're afraid to speak up. They're like, oh, somebody else will do it. Well, Zuby's got this. For Zuby's me, got right? it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I had the same thing. Um, you know, I don't have quite the audience you do, but I, I still get a lot of people messaging me, email and, and DMs, and they're just saying like, "Hey, man, just keep doing what you're doing." And I'm like, oh, "I'm just saying simple things. Like, this mm. isn't really anything extreme, but it's weird. We've come into this society, this world now, where it's like extreme to say, you know, stay in shape, drink water, and uh, you know, bust your and try to make money. Like simple things, going yeah. for a run, like little things like that are becoming like." more noteworthy than they ever have like i never thought i was like anything special in any of these regards but yeah. it's funny watching people that can be inspired by just like little little acts and um you know i went through a, a messy divorce a couple years ago and it was uh it was like a wake-up call to me you know she had a lot of issues a lot more serious issues than i did like drug issues and she was stealing money but um i was forced to like reflect on my own life too and i'm like all right so i probably gained a few pounds and I was on path to becoming that fat guy. Mm. So I, I did a lot of things to change. I lost like 30 pounds, started running Spartan races and ran a half marathon the other day. Just like that. Good for you. Thanks, man. But, um, so yeah, so well, tell us a little bit more about your own personal story, man. Uh, we've kind of, right. we've kind of jumped straight into some of the meat, but um, yeah. tell me more about you. Yeah. So that's kind of what jump started this whole thing. So I got married to this girl that had like every red flag that you can think of looking back on it. Uh, it's it's easy to say, like, I don't know what I was thinking, but I was a different guy back then. I wasn't mm -hmm. quite as confident. I wasn't as comfortable um, with myself. I was, you know, I was not terribly out of shape, but I was definitely not in shape. So I jumped in with this girl and a few months into the marriage, I come to find out uh, she's been stealing money from me to go buy drugs. And she's like bailing on all the responsibilities and um we try to kind of work through it for a little while, but like shortly after it, she just didn't come home one night. I'm not an idiot. I knew things were just never going to be better. So that was yeah. the final straw. I'm like, all right, look, this, this is obviously just can't keep getting worse. I don't know where you were last night. I don't really care anymore. I'm just, I'm done. 
let's file a divorce and uh end up being pretty messy she used my son our our son then i guess as leverage to to basically get more money out of me which she did and that's fine but i got the son so mm. he's good he's safe now and he's happy and uh met a new girl so we've got our own kind of brady bunch family going on and it's actually <laughs> working out pretty good but that was uh that was my catalyst to like waking up cause okay I had, like, so, really what, what was your before before we get on to that i mean what was your yeah. story what was your story before that i mean you obviously had a life before you got married so yeah. what kind of led you down that line <laughs> i was just you know enjoying life just i worked my ass off at work but like outside of that I, I didn't take anything too seriously i was drinking a lot i was playing video games at home it, nothing interesting so i figured mm. i did my nine to five and after that i'd earned my right to to have my hedonistic pleasures and uh I didn't realize that these short-term pleasures were making me miserable long-term and it took a while for me to grow up and figure that out. So that's a big part of what this book's about is going back and trying to focus on more constructive habits. Now, I mean, I'm drinking a beer right now. I play games once in a while, but I've cut back on a lot of that and I've, I've learned to, to focus more on more constructive habits. So I did like a a video game detox. I, I don't know. I never thought I was addicted, but I think the best way to see if you're addicted to something is to give it up. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I went like 500 days and I was like, yeah, whatever. And um, I lost interest in it. But um, what really got me interested was uh, as I was going through this divorce, I had a lot of emotions, a lot of anger. I may have put one hole in a wall at my house, which, you know, at least it was a wall. But yeah. um, other other than that, it was it was just a, a difficult time for me. So one of the assistants of my lawyer recommended that I should start journaling. And I was, I was a good writer in school, but I didn't enjoy it. So went out, bought a notebook, started writing. And uh, after about six months, I got this like full journal full of just random thoughts. Some of them were worthless. Some of them needed to be burned. Uh, <laughs> some of them were kind of interesting. So mm. I started writing and I started tweeting. And I kind of just fell into this by accident, but I was, I was tweeting and I'm like, you know, I should make a website. And I had this, this clever name. It was actually a different name. Uh, it was Helm of Awesome. And okay. uh, Helm of Awe is like this Viking symbol. I'm actually wearing a shirt that's got it. Oh yeah. Um, it's called a Helm of Awe. And it's like a, a sign of protection that the Vikings would wear back in the day. And I just thought it was a clever name. So I'm like, well, I'm going to snag this website since it's available. <laughs> so <laughs> I start writing and tweeting under it and, it was my earliest stuff, so it wasn't that great. Like I thought it was okay at the time. Looking back on it, it's like it's hard for me to even read it. But I ran into like a bit of a, a self-censor issue. I painted myself into a corner, and I found myself not being able to say what I really wanted to say. And I was worried about alienating the people that were already following me because I had about a thousand people following me pretty quickly. Okay. So I go so, to create. So wh- why why do you when you say you painted yourself into a corner in in what way? What do you mean by that? I wasn't quite as authentic in that. Okay. Account. Okay, I was, gotcha. I was leaning more towards like anti-consumerist thoughts because I was just pissed off at society and everything after going through the divorce, and and a lot of those sentiments have kind of faded since then. Okay, so I mean, I felt it at the time, but I, I couldn't portray it forever. And um, I created an alt account so I could be more outspoken and say the stuff that I wanted to say and not worry about alienating anybody. And I called it Path to Manliness. And it got awkward real quick when it started growing way faster than my regular account. <laughs> uh, but I, I just realized that, you know, that's what people wanted. They want that authenticity. And, uh, you know, it's it's something 
everyone, I think, struggles with some degree that self-censorship because you're just afraid of not just what other people think, but these these Twitter mods. I mean, I yeah. constantly am watching people getting suspended and censored, shadow banned, whatever. I don't know. I, I don't yeah. keep track of it. Yeah, no, it's a uh, yeah, no. So I was going to say it's a it's a weird one because I mean, we all do and should self-censor ourselves to some degree right because you know you don't just blurt out every single thought that comes into your brain otherwise you're going to get end up in trouble really quick so it's it's kind of like it's a balancing act it's like okay how much how much do i put out there and why am i putting it out there as well i know with me like i i often joke man dude you you guys should see the tweets that i write and then delete because (laughs) sometimes you know so i i sometimes i kind of catch myself i'm like "Mm, that too far could, yeah yeah just <laughs> too far or is that yeah. constructive in some way like yeah. any anytime i put something out there i try to think is there some value in it yeah. so that can be value could be a lot of things that could just be like some basic information value could be me promoting something my music my book whatever my podcast or value could be something funny, something that makes people laugh. Just it, it could be an interesting fact. It could just be an observation. It's like, you know, either en- entertainment or information. I always right. try to think: is this is this information or is it entertaining? And if it's neither, like if I can nail both, then I know it's a good tweet. If it's neither, then it's like, mm. if it's neither, and it could be come across a little bit you know, inflammatory for no reason or whatever that, I, that those are the ones that I, I tend to delete. Cause I'm like, no, nah, yeah. that doesn't really, you know me, I don't, I don't mind um, kicking the hornet's nest multiple times <laughs> per day, but even when I kick it, it's, it's not done purely for the sake of getting a reaction. It's because I'm saying something that I think either is true or is funny or is both. And those are the things that, that people tend to respond to. Yeah. I mean, if you start tweeting, it's interesting. Twitter's this great little like social um, experiment where you can kind of like learn what works and what people are interested in, and mm. the outrageous stuff, the evocative stuff, does sell pretty well. Uh, <laughs> so, so do the platitudes, um, which I, I don't mind those. I think they're constructive because, yeah. you know, I, I try to come across positive, but even I have my days where I'm just like not feeling it. And sometimes you just need somebody to say something simple, yeah. like be grateful for what you got, and like look at how much worse somebody else has it. It's, it's just a good reminder. You do need mm. to hear that shit every day um yeah I, I tried to do the same thing i was probably a little bit more negative when i first started just because i was around a little bit but i, I started taking it a lot more seriously when the messages started coming in where people were saying hey thanks you've really done a lot to um improve my life you've you've helped me look at things better and like i, I didn't expect it i thought what i was doing was somewhat helpful but i never thought it'd be like profound or interesting or anything like that but mm-hmm. it all changes when you start seeing people like sending you those personal messages and, and buying your book and and little things like that and i do the same thing i try not to add more noise to uh what's already out there um, yeah. if i'm sending something i want it to be helpful and, if, and i don't like to attack people i'd, I'd rather attack yeah. ideas and i got yep. the problem yep. Doing yep. That. <laughs> yeah same same with you so exact same thing i was i was actually saying i don't think i've ever i do I, okay i've been on twitter for 10 years so i don't want to say never but i don't do not rem- <laughs> <laughs> i do not remember ever personally attacking somebody first yeah right like i've already i've retaliated a couple of times but even then even when i do that it's normally more like look at how stupid this person is rather <laughs> you know it's more like i tend to ridicule people rather than yeah you know just come out with a outright insult or something like that even even when they don't extend that same courtesy to me and you know i've had some of those people who've come at me really viciously and then 
10 minutes later, they're tweeting apologies, not because they were forced to, but because I think, I think people expect you to react the way they did. Yeah. So actually, if you can, if you can sort of take that higher ground and, and show that person's that, that grace and be kind of like, okay, this is stupid, but you know, I'll pray for you. Then yeah. it, it's disarming, right? It's kind of like, oh, like he didn't snap back at me in the way that I kind of wanted him to. He didn't, you know, like he didn't cuss at me. He didn't insult me or whatever. And I'd really try not to do that, especially because my profile is so public as well. Yeah. So even those interactions, I'm aware this is like a public interaction and other people are going to be seeing how I respond to this stuff, even if it's like some crazy thing that I'm responding to. So I find that that's a good way to sometimes convert people or at least People say you can't change people's minds on Twitter or on social media. That's not actually true. You can. Uh, exactly. Some 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 people yeah. are just locked into their thing, and you know, you, you, they'll they'll be ready when they're ready. But other people, it's like, eh, okay, you know, maybe this was just a misunderstanding, and you've just reacted in a very emotional, immature way. Um, yeah. And, well, and you forget how many people are just silent on Twitter. You know, yeah. A lot of people that just like look through. They don't even like stuff. They may mm -hmm. not even follow you, but they see you, and, and you can impact them more so than anybody because they're, they're more. They're probably a little bit less indoctrinated in their thinking where they're more open-minded and yeah uh, you you've positioned yourself in a and i don't know if you've expected this or or not but i mean you're probably a role model to a lot of people so um, i'm i know i do i'm sure you do take this somewhat seriously at times mm. where you just you don't know what kind of impact you're gonna have especially only younger people yeah absolutely man i mean it's the same i mean i've of course i'm a professional musician you know so as a, yeah. as a rapper that's something i from the beginning i've always bore in mind you know that's why from the start, I was like, okay, I want my music to be, I want my overall message to be positive, to be inspirational. There's no, no profanity in my music. I've never rapped about, you know, any super, any crazy stuff or anything I haven't done or anything like that. It's like, look, there's enough of that out there. That's not my yeah. life. That's not me. That's not what I'm trying to perpetuate in this world. So I'm just going to go and do the opposite. That's why I find it really, really funny how um some people deem me this sort of somewhat controversial figure because i'm like you know when it comes to rap i'm, I'm like will i'm as controversial as will smith you know <laughs> and that is like, it's like i'm i'm, I'm so uncontroversial it's just like i don't rap about politics even like very yeah. little you know it's just like well they, they see certain headlines about you and they kind of make up their mind and they paint this image of you that's that suits their narrative yeah it's, it's just it's just funny though because it's like i mean even on to i've had sometimes people like oh are you worried about like losing fans or whatever. I'm not, no, my fans don't, my fans don't care about this stuff. Like I've got like a lot of different audiences as well. So like yeah. my, my Twitter audience is very different from my gig audience or like my Facebook audience or whatever. There's obviously an overlap, but yeah, it's kind of different things. So if I, if I get, end up getting in some discussion about some deep stuff about morality or politics or like, you know, ethical issues or whatever, like, that's kind of like a different crowd. So I kind of, I kind right. of use Twitter to Twitter's just kind of free for all for me, right? Like you get everything there, you get the music, you get the podcast, you get just my thoughts and views on different things, conversations, and then like Instagram, Facebook, that's more, it's not hundred percent music, but it's, it's less, it's less edgy. It's less of a testing more professional. Ground. Yeah. 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 It's a different kind of audience too. It's a different know. audience, yeah. And yeah. It, even geographically, very different audiences. Like Facebook is primarily UK, Twitter is primarily US. So it's like I'm literally talking to different people in different countries. If I'm trying to reach people in the USA, then um, yeah, Twitter and Instagram and the podcast are all primarily US. 
Facebook and I think YouTube as well are primarily UK, so I can kind of hit different yeah. people. Well, YouTube hits based off like your location, which is yeah. interesting. So yeah, you're kind of stuck in there unless you want to move <laughs> to the US, man. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, man, we'll see. I'll, I'm going to move somewhere. I'm going to move yeah. somewhere in the next couple of years. I'm not sure 100% where yet, but we'll yeah, see. I, for, I forget that you're British sometimes. I don't know what it is. <laughs> the, the accent gets lost in the music, I think. <laughs> yeah, I don't have a British accent. I mean, I didn't grow up in England. Not really. I, no, I didn't, oh, okay. I, didn't, I didn't grow up here, so okay. no, uh, it's okay. And English people don't think I'm English either. <laughs> so, yeah, no, like people, a lot of people think I'm Canadian. I think Really? Yeah, because I guess my accent is somewhere between American and with a touch of British, so I think yeah. a, lot of, a lot of people guess Canadian. A lot of people just think most people just think I'm American. Yeah, and yeah. I, I think I think my attitude is more American than it is British as well. Yeah, the British if that makes sense. More, well, at least from my perception, they seem to be a little bit more reserved than us Americans. We're we're too brash. We're too <laughs> wearing flags on our heads. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Actually, you, you, if someone had a union, a union jack version of what you're wearing on your head, people would be looking at them like they, they think you're like a, fo a football hooligan or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's too bad. It's a good looking flag too. You guys yeah, start wearing I, that. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. Some some people think that waving the flag is racist or something these days. So yeah, it's offensive. Yeah, it's, even Angela Merkel doesn't like the uh, the German flag. It's all very weird. Um, but yeah, it is weird. <laughs> it's, it's all it's all very weird like, I, I think it goes both ways though like when i see like on the trucks driving by i think it's kind of weird when people have the flags like hanging off their truck it's kind of cool but it's also yeah. that's that's a bit much <laughs> and then, but like not being proud of it that's also weird i mean like come on you're from you're from there like be proud of it and just because yeah. you're proud of america doesn't mean you hate the other countries no you know? i mean it's 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 silly i mean there's there's you wouldn't go to any other country and you know you see their flag and you think that this is some sort of attack on anybody if you go to romania yeah. and you see romanian flags you're not like oh my gosh what are they doing it's just like well it's, you're in romania you know you're in spain you're in italy you're in nigeria yeah. like you're gonna see the flag yeah it's perfectly cool. normal yeah, yeah. <laughs> you go to the olympics they're all there they all get along uh, just fine. exactly man it's it's healthy they're all you know their their kit is designed in their colors it's it's cool man yeah. it's good it is it's good man yeah. I, I don't know why people would want this kind of complete hodgepodge of just everyone there i don't know there's this a bit like what we were touching on earlier you know it seems like there's people who want like everything and everyone to be i don't know it, it there are so many hypocrisies in these philosophies because it's like there you're trying you're trying to make everybody the same yep. whilst also like really massively highlighting the differences and the differences that don't matter that much as well like not even like the good difference. Yeah, right. It's it's really it's very odd. It's like okay, well, you're kind of blurring the line between male and female, and then you're blurring the line between like countries and no, you know, even in even here in the UK, right? You've got the whole thing going on, obviously with Brexit, and there's a lot of talk about the European, you know, I don't know, kind of Europeanism versus versus nationalism. Uh, so you've got certain countries where you know they're much more like we, we're in Europe, but you know we want our own thing as well um right. and then you've got other people who are kind of like no like we should just become like a united states of europe sort of thing and then you've got other people pushing back against that and it's kind of it, i don't know it, it's it's weird to me because i guess you know if, if i go to a different country i travel a lot i've been to like 30 something countries but if i go to a country i go there because 
I don't want it to just be like where I live. Yeah. Uh, if I went to Japan and it was just the same, <laughs> and it was just exactly the same as the UK and the same people, and so I'd be, I'd feel like shortchanged. I'd be like, wait, I, I came to Japan. Yeah. I want well, a little like bit of. It's like when you go to a Mexican restaurant and the franchise order a cheeseburger. It's like, dude, we're at the Mexican place. <laughs> just where you get the tacos. Come yeah, on. Yeah. Yeah. Get some carnitas. <laughs> yeah, man. It's, but like, uh... I know what you're saying. Like, there, there is, um, it's, it's interesting that like, the United States of Europe ideas unique but like we we've got the same issues over here but we're allowed to kind of have our own different little quirks like you can go to utah and you got the mormons over there you can go to nevada and gambling and prostitution's okay then you can go to florida and all bets are off you know like every <laughs> every state's got its own little like quirks you what's know? the so, floor what's the florida man done today oh god i don't know something with an alligator <laughs> i haven't i haven't seen anything on it yet <laughs> too busy doing actual work Today's episode of Real Talk with Zuby is brought to you by our sponsors, OZ Lifestyle Brands. OZ Lifestyle Brands care a lot about the details. Their selection of men's accessories balance style with substance and quality and craftsmanship, showcasing both casual and classic designs. They also make shopping really easy for you. You can just go check out their website, ozlifestylebrands.com. They've got a fantastic selection of watches, wallets, t-shirts, and other accessories especially designed for men with ultra-discerning tastes. OZ is for men who have found their calling but don't feel the need to shout about it. So I recommend you go check out their full range of products over at OZLifestyleBrands.com. To let them know that I sent you and to get 20% off your entire first order, just use the code ZUBYMUSIC at checkout. That is ZUBYMUSIC, Z-U-B-Y MUSIC at checkout to get 20% off your entire order at OZLifestyleBrands.com. OZLifestyleBrands.com, go check them out. You know, I, I don't like read the news anymore. I um, I live in Cleveland, Tennessee, and I saw there was an earthquake in Cleveland on my phone, but I couldn't open the link, so I had to go to the news site to go see if there was an actual earthquake near my town. <laughs> but oh, it was wow. it was the other Cleveland. <laughs> okay, I didn't even know that there was but, a Cleveland in Tennessee. I I didn't either until like three years ago. <laughs> it's there's not much there. I'm out in the oh, middle of nowhere. Enough. No, fair um, enough, man. But yeah, I don't I don't look at the news. I haven't really like, checked it in like over a year and like i don't see how it's hurting my life at all in fact i feel more at ease i get it from twitter yeah i I like twitter i get my news from twitter like i don't even i don't even have a tv in my house really i I couldn't watch tv even if i wanted to like i don't have a tv and i haven't for years so yeah no i get my i I feel like i stay very well updated but um it's 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 mainly yeah social media twitter youtube like i can see on any given day it's like okay what's What's today's outrage? What's the random yeah. nonsense that people are? <laughs> like, you you kind of have the real news, and then you have like the outrage news. The outrage yeah. news gets more coverage, even though it's like always something stupid. And then yeah. you've got oh, there's some real stuff. Oh, there was a hearth- earthquake. Oh, there was a hurricane somewhere. Like that's it's really weird how um what people I don't want to say choose because I don't think people choose. It's really interesting what gets people's attention and what creates people's outrage. Well, a lot of people are like not in control of their emotions. Mm. So they they see this, that scene in the Dark Knight where the Joker is talking about how like a truckload of soldiers gets killed in Iraq. And it's like that happens. We're yeah. not shocked by that. But like when it's a school shooting, they freak out because that upsets their world and it's more shocking. So it's it's when these emotional events come in and, they, and they've learned to, to play into people's emotions with these weird social stories about some mm. kid doing whatever and how they got drag queens now doing book readings. And it's like, man, I used to be all about that. Let your freak flag fly. But like, let, let's keep the kids out of it. At least. I'm with you completely <laughs> on the, literally like are there, I've got a couple of lines 
where and one of them is one of them is like anything to do with children that potentially can impact yeah. them negatively like i don't even have kids i've got a whole bunch of nie nieces and nephews so maybe i'm like more sensitive to it now than i used to be but yeah. always i've just been like look adults a general rule is like look adults consenting adults do what you want as long as you're not hurting harming maiming killing another human being it doesn't i doesn't mean i approve of it all but just like i wouldn't want other people enforcing all their beliefs and regulations on me i wouldn't want to do that to other people but um yeah. yeah when it comes to kids or you know hurt stuff that hurts other people like physically hurts i don't mean like saying something mean but you know right. but but even then you know like just life isn't that hard man just just treat people decently and yeah it tends to <laughs> it it tends to go all right you know just don't yeah, be don't part. be an a don't be an a-hole <laughs> work hard and most 95 percent of the time it'll work out okay in the yeah. long run and then don't sweat the small stuff you know like there's, yeah. there's so many little things you can get upset about i this wasn't necessarily small but i had to pay the irs a pretty significant amount of money we'll just, oh, no. we'll just say it was, it was about a, a month of my salary we'll say yeah. that because I, I made a mistake last year um it involved my alimony so it was it was tax on money that i didn't even get to keep yeah and i'm upset about it i'm kind of annoyed and then I see, uh, I think it was Tanner Guzzi. He had a friend on on uh, Twitter. He was talking about that. Got into like a car accident. His wife got killed and he got paralyzed. Oh. And I'm like, all right, I came out okay. Man, yeah. Reframing. Yeah, exactly. Always yeah, reframing, man. It's, it's, uh, it's, yeah. it's hard to explain to people, but just as you get older, you start kind of like understanding it better. Cause I remember like little things would like set me off when I was younger. And the, the more that stuff happens to you, you just kind of start getting like used to it. It's like, whatever. Sun's yeah. coming up tomorrow. My family's healthy. Life's good. Mm. How? Why do you think it is that some people never reach that stage? That stage of enlightenment. Yeah. Um, like I, I feel like I hit it. I feel like I I reached it like in my probably before I was even a teenager. But it seems like you know there's all yeah. these, there's all these grown adults who can't seem to work that thing out, even though it seems quite apparent. All right, so I say this a lot on Twitter. I'll get to flesh it out now since it's a podcast, which is why I love podcasts. So yeah. society is too soft. I say mm. that all the time, but 280 characters doesn't really flesh it out. So most people grow up too good and they don't have like legit issues. Um, I grew up with a pretty easy life. Um, my parents were not necessarily wealthy, but we went out to eat whenever we wanted. We didn't have to worry about bills so much. We all had nice cars, you know, American cars. We weren't driving around Rolls Royce or anything, but yeah. But life was good. Most people never have that like moment of adversity that kind of frames everything into perspective. So that same year that I went through the divorce, you know, I lose like a quarter of a million dollars over a few years. I lose my wife. I lose this whole perspective of like trying to have a not perfect life, but I'm trying to go after that American dream of getting married and having kids. And now it's all like messy. Um, I also started going blind and uh, <laughs> started going a, blind. Yeah, I had a. um I had a retinal detachment, so oh. I, I'm sitting there one day, and I felt like a shade's coming down my eye. I couldn't really figure it out. I thought I had a weird contact, or I just slept funny or something, so I just ignored yeah. it. Next day, it's worse, and I'm like freaking out. I'm like, all right, is this is this not going to get better? I don't know what to do. So I went to a eye doctor like an hour later. <laughs> I was having surgery like three days from then. Oh, wow. Um, so this is unusual for younger people, but I had a retinal detachment in both eyes. And, and um, no, nothing caused it? Just random? They kept asking me if there was like a head injury. But yeah. I mean, I played football in high school. But since then, nothing notable. No, no like bar fights or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's genetic, though. Like I, I had okay. my mom had had it and um, 
I have like remarkably terrible vision without my contacts. So that plays into it a little bit. Mm. But uh, yeah, people that don't have glasses and contacts are like, oh, I don't have to go to the eye doctor. I'm like, yeah, there's there's other reasons to go. Like it goes wrong sometimes. So oh, wow. um, I, I caught it pretty early. Like okay. one of my one of my eyes is perfect. My other one's a little less than perfect. Um, I actually got a little bit of a blind spot, which I don't notice it too much. Although I was sparring the other day and I, I got popped in the nose by this girl and I, I literally <laughs> never saw it. She's like, I'm so oh. sorry that you're going to block it. I'm like, you're good. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, I don't tell anyone this. I don't want them to know there's a blind spot. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, you go through these moments like that. It just it reframes everything. Mm. And the next time you get into like a car accident or something that seems serious happens, it just kind of reminds you. It's like, ah, I've been through worse. Yeah, man. But so most people are fortunate they don't have to go through that moment. Yeah, man. So tell us a little bit more about the the book that you wrote. What's it all about? Yeah, reclaim your manhood. Um, it's just twenty rules of uh, or twenty after my, um, after my female deadlift. I think I might need to do that. <laughs> I don't think I could uh, break that record. So I'm impressed. <laughs> the first ones hit the gym, so you got that one. Covered. Okay, good. Uh, but yeah, it's it's simple things. It's not a long book because I know guys in general don't like to read so there's nothing stopping the guy from picking this book up and i love it i love reading maybe, maybe i am a woman i, I like to read <laughs> <laughs> nothing wrong with being a little feminine once in a while yeah <laughs> i get it all the time on twitter like oh you you're so manly and all this i'm like i'm not even the like most manly guy out there that's just, <laughs> just the name but it makes you a target so what but are the others you said you said going to the gym there's got to be yeah. more than yeah writing is a big one okay um it's it sounds silly and it sounds worthless but it really focuses your life when you start writing and the other thing that a lot of people struggle with i definitely struggle with is i i lose perspective so i'll be working towards something and i feel like i'm just not getting any better and i'm it's moving too slow and i'm looking at day to day you know you don't see the changes that are happening every couple days Mm -hmm. but then when you go back six months later and read what you were struggling with it's like paradigm shifting where you realize how much progress you've made and and how much your problems that you were dealing with then they're no longer an issue. Like you, you just, you've elevated yourself so much beyond them, but you forget this stuff. You know, you forget all the little, the little victories. Yeah. Um, this isn't in the book, but this is another thing I do. I've got a note in my phone that it's just 2019 accomplishments. And whenever I have something kind of noticeable, something worthy happen, you know, maybe it's this saying I was on Zuby's podcast, I'll write mm-hmm. that down. And then like, when you look at it, like over the course of a year, like it's, it's only halfway through the year. I really like that. Like, I, I really like that idea. I'm going to start doing yeah. that. Yeah. yeah I, I, I you like forget that. about it. Yeah. You, know, I'm you forget about these that. little things and yeah, you add them all up. And it's like, Oh, it's been a pretty good year. And then it motivates you to do too. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I have, yeah. I've bossed it this year. So yeah, I mean, I, I was, I went back to my, uh, my tweet from January one just yesterday. And I mean, I've already accomplished most of my New Year's resolutions, which were yeah. to achieve by the end of the year. Like one of them was like 30,000 Twitter followers. Like I'm now, <laughs> I'm now I've now got 66,000. One of them was like um, start a podcast and release 30 episodes. There you go. This is about the 50th one that I'm recording already. And we're not even halfway through the year. I'm impressed um, you're hammering them out like fast. Thanks, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was like trying to catch up on them. I'm like, I don't think <laughs> fast enough to listen to them all. Yeah. Yeah. But, what what I need is uh, if I actually, I've actually gone back down to one a week. But yeah. I want to do more. I want to do more a week. It's just the editing process. Like once yep. I can get somebody else to edit it, then I can go full speed ahead. Yeah. But there were loads of those goals I saw, you know, in terms, even some of them, um, 
like making money online goals because this year I was like, all right, I want to shift stuff to, you know, being able to make money online. But then, yeah, with going viral yeah. and releasing the ebook and selling merchandise and all that, it's like, cool. Like I had a, a goal to hit X amount per month for three months in a row. And it's like, awesome. I did that April, May, June, bang, done. So yeah, yeah it's good. Yeah, I'm having the same issue. Um, I, I tend to undersell myself, I guess. So yeah. I, I, I wanted 8,000 Twitter followers by the end of the year, and I'm at 10,000 now. How many did you have at the start? <laughs> like 4,000. That's a, it's a good look. Yeah, I, I just started the account like about a year ago. Yeah, um, man. No, no, you'll 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 be just keep going, man. It's a uh, it yeah. snowballs a little as well. Yeah, it, it grows in surges. It, like you'll just get something it just like it just will go hard for a couple of days and then it'll calm down. And yeah, yeah, I've noticed that, too. There's just little things you do and people they start noticing you. Yeah. Um, the other thing I've noticed is people just they don't see everything. There's a lot of noise out there. It took me a long time to figure this out. But like when I was selling my books, this reclaiming manhood book, mm. it didn't sell that well for the first like six months. It sold pretty well the first month, but then it didn't. And uh, this guy named Jose Rosado. He's hey, really good. that's yeah. my dude. He's good really guy. good at copywriting shout, and selling. Shout out to Jose. I know he's <laughs> shot. Jose's changing lives out here, man. He he helped me out a lot, you know. And okay. I mentioned to him one time, like my book's not selling that well. Um, it did for a while, and he goes, "Well, are you promoting it a lot?" I go, "You know, I'm not promoting as much as I used to." And he goes, "And your sales are down. That's funny." I'm like, "Yeah, it is funny." <laughs> so, I found this one tweet that just kind of clicks, and um, I I sent it out one day, and I, it sold like. 10 copies in a day yeah. and i'm like oh that works so i just copy pasted it onto this app that i use and now it goes out once a month and once a month big hit of sales every single month so nice. you know people don't notice everything there's too much noise so you, you're not a lot of noise you, out there if you're selling yourself or something you're probably not doing it enough yeah. it's awkward you know, it, it's funny because be shy guy it's funny because you got to think like uh I mean, if you think of like how much a company like Coca-Cola or Nike yeah. or Pepsi, it's like you, this brand has existed for like decades. Everybody, everybody already knows Coca-Cola exists, yeah. but they still advertise as if you've never, you've never come across yeah. them. You've never tasted their beverage. Yep. And it's like, gosh, okay. If that, if Coca-Cola is not advertising, if not, sorry, if Coca-Cola is not over advertising, what on earth makes any of us think that we are yeah. <laughs> over yeah. advertising right there exactly on a global basis they're on social yeah. media billboards television sports teams it's just like every day they nail it yeah and it's not even about like letting people know it's there it's just remind them like hey you're thirsty yeah. aren't you yeah, yeah exactly soda. <laughs> exactly yeah, like I'm not a big soda drinker, so that doesn't work for me. But the beers, every once in a while, and it's not usually the commercials, but like in movies or TV shows, I see like people just chilling at a bar, and I'm like, yeah, it'd be nice to stop writing for a little bit and just go have a beer and chill yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's one thing I've never been able to drink, man. Really? Nah. It's I need to stop doing it because that's like the one thing keep me oh, from real? like being like really cut. Like <laughs> you know, like everyone's like, I oh, just need to eat better. I I eat okay. Yeah. <laughs> just it's, drink a few beers every once yeah, in a while. And uh, no joke, I think I've drunk the in totality, I've probably drunk one beer in my life. Wow. That's like amazing. if I if I were to add up all the beer I've drunk, I think it would probably come to one bottle. Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> I don't yeah. I don't drink it. I'm not the guy that will buy like a, a case of Bud Light yeah, and yeah. pound it over the weekend, but like I'll buy like a nice beer. These <laughs> I'm drinking a, a Sweetwater 420 Mango Kush. They oh, brew wow. it. With, they brew it with hemp and like oh, I was gonna say. thing up. It's sure that's like beer? straight up dank. <laughs> oh, really? I was, I was like, that's, that sounds like that's a heck of a uh, name for a beer right there. I saw it at a local bar the other day. And I just walked in and somebody already poured one. And I, I started like going. <laughs> so, someone in the bathroom? What's going on? 
And the, guy, the bartender knew me. He's like laughing. He goes, come here, I'll show you. Oh, wow, that's interesting. But yeah, no, yeah, it's, it's funny. As a, as a kid, um, both, both beer and coffee, people always said that, oh, yeah, when you're older, you'll like it. When yeah. it's like, you know, I got to 20, I was like, still don't like it. Got to 25, I still don't like it. You know, as I, as I got to, like, yeah, no, still don't like this. Yeah, so I'm not, coffee and beer, I've, no. I mean, I'm not sold that people like coffee to begin with. Like most people are putting so much sugar and fattening stuff in their coffee. It's like, do you really like coffee or do you just want the sweeteners with it? Like, yeah. you're not even drinking this. I, I'll drink a black <laughs> coffee. But uh, Oof, makes yeah, me it's, it's it's bitter. It's it's an acquired yeah. taste. I don't actually drink it that often. I, yeah. I just wake up and go. Yeah, man. My coffee cup is uh, just getting on the exercise bike or going for a jog, something like that. So what's next for you, man? What's the plan? What's the big goal? Big goal. I've got another book coming out. It's, it's I've had a couple ebooks, but they're they're smaller. They're important and they can help in a lot of ways. Um, one's one's how to grow a better Twitter following. Um, one's more about like making money online. But I've got another one. It's more of a sequel to Reclaim Your Manhood. It's called okay. How to Adopt the Warrior Mindset, and uh, that one's going to be a more significant, a bigger book. And then like on a more personal level, um, I'm doing my second Spartan race here in uh, about six weeks. Mm-hmm. So I ran my first one last year and that was another one of those like paradigm shifting moments for me where um, I, I talk about this a lot. You got to you got to put yourself out there and challenge yourself. It's another chapter in the book. And um, I had a group of guys come up to me or a guy and his wife. They wanted to do the Spartan race and they asked me to join at the time. I was like 20, 30 pounds heavier and not in the best shape. And they're like, hey, we're going to do a Spartan race. You should join. I'm like, no, nah, I, I can't do that. Yeah. And like, well, yeah, you can because we're going to train. And uh you know, I kind of like took it personally as like a challenge. I'm like, all right, yeah, I'll join. Okay. So there were so many things that were just impossible in my mind. Like I, I couldn't run the Spartan race. I couldn't climb a rope. And by, you know, applying myself and actually like focusing and working towards all this stuff, I, I did this, you know, I, I accomplished the Spartan race. I climbed a rope, I climbed like a, I don't know, like a 90 foot cliff on this like cargo net thing. Okay. And I mean, like no support, nothing. Like if I fall, like I don't know if I would have died, but it had been rough. Mm. And like I'm petrified of heights. So okay. like, get, getting through all that was like, a huge, huge turning point. And then once you start knocking out like one or two things that are impossible in your mind, it changes your mind and everything else. It's like, all right, I could probably write a book. All right, I can probably start a podcast. Why not? Yeah, you know, I just got to figure out how to do it. You know, that's good. Um, that's good, man. I mean, it's picking, picking up all these skills. I mean, it's the same thing I've done. Like, I wanted to start this podcast last year, but I didn't know what direction I wanted to take in it. I thought, yeah. do I want to do just a pure music podcast? Do I want to do um, like a one just interviewing entrepreneurs and business and stuff? And then eventually I was like, you know what? Like I, I want to do all of those. So let me just keep it wide open. <laughs> Anybody who's interesting, who's got a fascinating story, who's got a unique perspective, unique ideas. Yeah. Let me just, let's just have like a forum for, open discussions you know i don't yeah. like to over plan them and have it like a strict interview where i've got this list of questions it's like oh let's just sit down with the interesting people and i know how to have conversations so let's just talk and see where things go that's how i'm at with it i used to start yeah. with a list and uh sometimes i'd like actually go through the list but like, i did one with um chance lensford you did a podcast with him recently mm-hmm. and uh I, I had a list of questions i wanted to ask him and we just started talking because like, we, we've like become friends and I looked down at my list when I got done. I'm like, I asked him one out of these like 20 questions. Like, I don't even know why I'm bothering with this anymore. So I don't, I don't do the list anymore. I might do like a few. Mm. Sometimes you get stuck and you, you have a moment of a little lull in the conversation. It's good for that. But the natural conversation is where it's at. So 
I did the same thing. I started the podcast. I, I, I didn't know what kind of direction I wanted to go. And I waited a few months. And I just kept thinking and thinking. And I didn't figure it out when I launched. I just launched it. But mm-hmm. um, I've realized since then, I don't really care how many people listen or how many people decide to sponsor it or anything like that. I really enjoy talking to these interesting people. And by having a podcast, they want to talk to you and yeah. you get to talk to them. And that's the part I enjoy. So whether gotcha. it makes money or doesn't, gets me attention. I don't know. I just enjoy doing it. Nothing wrong with that, man. Yeah, man. A couple of years ago, I never would have thought I'd be talking to somebody like Zuby. So it's fun. <laughs> you probably didn't know someone like Zuby existed. <laughs> I didn't. But it's I do think it's this corner of Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> man, I'm, I'm in like 10 different corners of Twitter. That's the, that's the, <laughs> the weirdest thing in my account. I was yeah. like, I'm at this intersection between yeah. like hyper political Twitter and like <laughs> um, music Twitter and like hip hop Twitter and then like self-improvement Twitter and business Twitter. And yeah, it's so weird. I mean, I'm followed like sometimes I look at who follows me and I'm really intrigued. I'm followed by a lot of like professional sportsmen. And then, yeah. And then like a lot of politicians, like I'm followed by a lot of, a lot of politicians and journalists. You become politically relevant. Yeah. And like academics. I mean, I'm followed by the most of the so-called intellectual dark web. (laughs) <laughs> so, you know, like lots, of, lots of like professors and yeah it's it's interesting it's it's just kind of weird but it's cool it's cool like i, yeah. I like that it's kind of like you know what no one else in my arena there's not another rapper who is exactly crossing these kind of boundaries and cross-pollinating audiences yeah in this kind of way so it it's different it's it's weird but i'm just like you know what let me just i'm just gonna see where it takes me i'm not gonna steer the ship too hard i'm just gonna kind of connect yep. with all these people, keep doing what I'm doing, keep putting the messages out there, keep putting music and creative content out there and we'll see where it all ends up. You know, hopefully one day it'll be like a big media empire or something. <laughs> hey man, it could happen. I mean, no, that that's what I'm aiming for. I mean, I've, yeah. I've started viewing myself as a media company. I like <laughs> as, that. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> how I look at it now. So like, you know, video, uh, music, podcasts, just yeah. looking at like, okay, like I'm a, I'm a creator yeah. and I'm essentially a small, not you know, a big media company. I'm just kind of like a one man, one man media company, and and that, that's how things are happening now. I mean, you've got people who are one single YouTuber who's there making videos in their bedroom and whatever, and you know, someone like a Tim Pool or whatever, and he's he can be a more trusted news source. I, I he's more he's I trust him more that individual more as a news yeah. source than I do like some of these huge corporations with billions yeah. and billions of pounds and dollars, which is it's just amazing. We went too far. Everything kept getting bigger and bigger, and it got faceless to the point where it's like I don't even know what that is anymore. Like, mm-hmm. what what even is Coca Cola? You forget that there's actually people involved in it, and there are. <laughs> yeah. But like, you lost it's lost its humanity. That's so. true. There, there's no face for Coca Cola, is there? No, there's, there's not. I don't, I, don't even, I don't even know who owns it. Like, yeah, I mean, I think Nike. I think of Jordan because I'm 31. Mm-hmm. But I mean, really, it's I guess it's LeBron now. But uh, I, maybe yeah. it's not even him anymore. I don't even know. Yeah, I don't but, know. Um, I I really don't. I, I've yeah. lost. I've lost touch of sports. The only sport I follow anymore is uh, the UFC. I've, I've got oh, okay, okay. And that's the one reason I have a TV. Oh, fair <laughs> enough, man. For that, I wouldn't have one. But um, <laughs> it's interesting that whole media idea is really big, and it's I didn't know exactly where I was going with it, and I, I still kind of don't at times, although I have visions. But I, th- I think if you have any interest in reaching people, I think it's worth creating some sort of a personal brand. And maybe it's yeah. only a hundred people, but it's it's definitely worth doing. It's becoming increasingly important. I mean, I, yeah. I just look at it. Look, that's the way the world. That's the way the world. Yep. Well, the world is already there. Um, it's, but it's, it's way, an infancy. Yeah, Most but it's the, are it's, unaware of it. 
Yeah, but it's the way the world is is going. And the yeah. people who are going to have gigantic leverage in 5, 10, 15 years, it's going to be those people who have those personal brands and who yeah. are their own little media outlets, whether they're Instagram or YouTube influencers or they're right. podcasters or they're independent journalists or just you know content creators or whatever. I think those people are going to be in the future. That's really going to be where the power, the influence, even the money is going to Definitely. be like, like, because co companies are latching onto it, right? Companies are starting to see, oh, rather than putting up a big billboard, why don't we talk to these 100 YouTubers or Instagrammers for the same amount of money and get them to, you know, post about our, our new t-shirt or a new lipstick or whatever. And that's going to convert better than yeah. paying huge amounts of money for like a television ad, which people might not watch and isn't very well targeted. And so billions and billions of advertising dollars are shifting over to influencer marketing every year. And yeah. I don't know if you're aware, I mean, it's predicted that, so right now, let me remember the stat. Right now there's about 4 billion people online, about 4 billion, which is um, something like 55, 60% of the world's population. Yeah. In 2030, it's predicted to be 90% of the world's population. I think it's going to be about 8 billion people by 2030. That's the prediction, which is going to be like, yeah, 90% of the world's population. It's amazing. So it's going to, so, cause we, we've already kind of had this revolution in the West, but people need to remember this is going to happen again in the African countries and lots of the Asian countries, South America, like all these places that don't yet have, you know, 4G and 5G and high speed fiber optic broadband and all that kind of stuff. Like that whole world, like all these millions, billions of people are also going to be coming onto online and social media and all that in full effect. And that is something which if you're aware of, I think people should be thinking, okay, how do I position myself so that I can take advantage of that in some way, right? Because yeah. that that's going to be that's going to be huge. Just like, just like, imagine if you could go back to 2008 and you knew all of this stuff was going to be where it is now, right? You could have just capitalized, you know, just, yeah. you know, done the land grab, bought the land really cheap, you know, just like people who bought land when it was like super duper cheap. And then you're like now sitting on this property and it's like, man, you could have, those people who were like on YouTube in 20, 2009 and 2010 going hard or who started their podcast in 2010, it's like, man, they're now just out of yeah. this world yeah well so many people start and they don't they don't persist you yeah. know and it takes a while to build it up sometimes it takes a long time i got i got lucky in so many ways like i had the stupidest tweet take off on my <laughs> first day oh really I used, to, I used to talk more like political crap mm. and um i made some like some comparison between uh tammy lauren and uh megan kelly talking about how like you know people want a younger more traditional more attractive woman not this old bitter megan kelly or whatever <laughs> and like i had a very unflattering picture of her and a good one of megan Ke or of, uh, tammy lauren yeah and um i, I put like no effort into it I, I actually misspelled both their names and people were making fun of me about it but that just gets you more attention and yeah. uh, i remember running in town i don't know if i was going to the gym or what but i'm just sitting there with my phone while i'm driving and the music kept getting interrupted because it's constantly dinging these twitter notifications oh, okay i hadn't turned them off yet i'm like yeah, what yeah. is going on and i looked down like after i drove for like an hour or half an hour or whatever it was 
I'm like, I got like 30 new followers. That's weird. And it ended up getting like retweeted like 200, 300 times mm. on this brand new account. I had like 100 followers by the end of the day. I'm like, yeah, I, I don't even, but like people love that like outrage and yeah. <laughs> nonsense. And... Yeah. It's weird. So, sometimes it's like, I have to, um, because I've been on Twitter for so long, I can, I can kind of predict when something is going to go viral. Yeah. Like I, I can tell. And sometimes I, Sometimes I won't tweet something at a certain time because I, I haven't got the time capacity to deal with the <laughs> to deal with the fallout, right? Yeah. So it's like it's like I have to be ready for it. It's like okay, today I'm going to tweet this thing, and I know it's gonna. I do the same gonna, thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because I don't. My mornings the heavy hitters and the afternoon. Yeah, yeah. Like fluff. <laughs> yeah, and with me, like I, I save the most juicy ones for later in the day because I know that's when. Like I wait for the Americans to wake up. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> so, yeah. my my morning, it's like you know, it'll be like two a.m. where you are, or whatever. So it's like, yeah. okay. Now let me, let me hold fire on that one. Oh, I've, I've like, I don't sleep well, so like I'll wake up at four or five in the morning. Sometimes I'll get on Twitter and like see the European side of Twitter. Yeah. Like, so much more chill. I love it. Yeah, Europe Twitter, man. <laughs> it's very awesome. different. Yeah, it is. It is. It, yeah. It's people are still shouty. People are still angry, but it's, it's, sli- <laughs> it's slightly different stuff. Yeah. 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 But yeah, this this whole like branding thing, it's so funny, but like a lot of people just give up too early. And if you just stick with it, it would it would take a it would take off, you know. Um yeah, it's like that with everything. Yeah. I I got lucky with mine, but like I kept doing it, you know, and you know, like people ask all the time, hey, how do I grow my Twitter account? Like, well, first off, are you tweeting every day? No. Well, let's start there. I need to write that and, book. Yeah, right. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a book waiting for me to be written. What it's else? Not what so hard to write. I mean, yeah, once you've done it, you know. Awesome, man. I'm looking at the time. We're co- we're coming up to an hour right now. So why don't you let people know right. where they can find you online? All right. So I'm um, I'm easy. I got the same brand everywhere. It's Path to Manliness. So um, I'm most active on Twitter. I do have a website, pathtomanliness.com, and um, I post on there fairly regularly. And then I've got a couple books. Uh, Reclaim Your Manhood. It's on Amazon. The ebook is five bucks. Uh, so start with that one. And, uh, you know, if you want something more specific, you can DM me. I actually do respond to most of my messages, probably all of them, unless yeah. you're being trollish, um, which that's been shocking to me is most people have been more positive. I expected more flack. Um, and I would say like 90, 95 percent of my messages are like positive. It's, it's great. Yeah, they, they should be. Yeah. And then I've got a podcast too. Uh, it's Path to Manliness. It's on iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, all sorts of stuff. So, yeah. Awesome. Ryan, thank you so much for joining the podcast. It's been really good to talk to you, man. Thanks, Zuby. It's great getting to know you a little better. No doubt. That's a lot of good fun. day. Yeah. You too, man. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.